Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. This is the new Old Norwich, the podcast that's more steady on than splendid rush, and we're determined to get our Old Norwich back. We'll be talking the current situation, but looking back at glory times as well. Coming up in this episode, firstly, a thank you. Secondly, some city headlines you may not have seen. And thirdly, it's episode 31, and we will, yes, we will, talk the wingers in our greatest ever team countdown. I know we promised it in the last episode, but we will do it in this episode. So, Dad, firstly, a thank you and a nice response from Jack Reeve of Talk Norwich City, uh, the podcast, of course, that we were reviewing last week on this podcast. Uh, He said, we appreciate the podcast, John, and some fair feedback in there. Have a lovely day. And I think what we were trying to do was trying to offer advice maybe for uh, opportunities moving forward, but also say, look, we agree there is real hopefulness for the club moving forward from what they've said. Yes, John. Yeah, I think that, that, you know, that was nice to nice to get that feedback. And um, I think as we covered last week, yeah, I think, uh, uh, you know, time will tell. But hopefully over the next few months, we will begin to see um, some, um, you know, results of their involvement, the Americans involvement. So some of the other city headlines you may not have seen uh, because you're so dominated by the World Cup, which is obviously in full flow as we speak. Uh, Dean Smith admitting that Josh Sargent should play up front rather than on the right. Did you see that one? No, I didn't see that, John. <laughs> he confirmed he believes Josh Sargent is the best in a central role, according right. to the uh, EDP. Shame he hasn't actually played him much there this season. But, <laughs> uh, there we go. What did you make of uh, Josh making his uh, debut in the World Cup? I mean, he he started off uh, fine, just the first uh, 10 minutes or so, and um, and even had a, a small role in the goal in um, in laying it off. But I thought as the game went on, he looked, uh, he became more and more isolated or, yeah. uh, you know, even you could say, was he a little bit out of his depth? It's, it's, it's difficult to tell from one game, but um, it'll be interesting to see if he retains his place, won't it? 
I thought from a from a Welsh point of view, a pretty much a championship defence. I think that's the issue with Wales slightly is they've got probably more of a championship defence, but they've obviously got world class attackers, uh, particularly yes. with with Gareth Bale who can who can turn a game, uh, frankly, on its head. So I thought Josh did okay. I agree. I think you know he was certainly leading the line more, um, but certainly as the game went on, USA had less and less opportunity. Um, and I think Wales pushed them a lot harder than they did in that first half, didn't they? So, um... and cer- cer- yeah, certainly once they brought on the um, you know the big centre forward, who I thought did very well at that level. To be fair, yeah, Kiefer Moore. Kiefer Moore. I mean, it does just just uh, just you know just de- demonstrate that sometimes with a big striker like that, you can have at all levels you can make quite an impact, can't you? Yeah, absolutely. A reminder that League One and League Two are continuing. Uh, during the World Cup. So you will see some Ipswich headlines, I'm sure, uh, floating around. I, I saw that Plymouth boss, who, of course, are, are vying with Ipswich at the top of League One, uh, Stephen Schumacher, says that uh, Barley Mumba, who's on loan, of course, from, from Norwich City, uh, he's not ready to step up to the championship yet, is, uh, <laughs> is what Stephen has said. But could be at the end of the season. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. In, in other words, th- he's, not, I mean- he's not coming back. It does seem that we have a right of recall in January, um, which you're never really clear whether uh, clubs do or not. But um, it does indicate that uh, we have the right of recall, whether we would. Um, I think it, it would. It's it's a difficult one, isn't it, really, John? Because what what you don't want to bring him back, bring him back, and then um, don't. He don't play him. Yes, he misses out on the chance of perhaps a promotion run with Plymouth Argyle, mm. um, and that could even set his career back. Then, couldn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, talking about having bad seasons, uh, Daniel Sonani uh, sent off for Luxembourg. <laughs> yeah, I did see that one. Yeah, <laughs> and did you see that the Saudi Arabia manager used to manage Cambridge United? I did see that. Yes, he was sacked. <laughs> Uh, yeah, as as uh, as well, and, and one more uh, just to to uh, caught my eye particularly, uh, Kenny McLean could be wanted yes, by Rangers. Rangers, who've just sacked their manager. Yeah, it seems a weird thing that they they're interested in midfielder having sacked their manager. But yeah, but he is he is out of contract in uh, in the summer, so in January, you know, you could see that clubs. Uh, could tempt us because if they then uh, um, start offering us money for someone who's out of contract in the summer and there's no indication of signing a new one, that could be. Again, it goes back to what we were saying. You know, you get into this 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 new year, um, uh, and things could become very unsettled, couldn't they? Yeah, indeed. And I'm just slightly envious of the weather in Qatar and in Tampa Bay. Obviously, the team are out uh, in Florida and now um, doing some training and stuff. The weather looks slightly better than the rain, rain, rain that we have here at the moment. Yeah, well, there was, um, I did see a little bit in the EDP today about Chris Sutton, who's been quite, um, has defended um, Dean Smith, but um, he's saying that um, he sees the problem in not, in, the, in, in not creating and taking enough opportunities is the, um, there's not a, re- a really good relationship between Sergeant and Pookie and and linking in with the midfielders, and he puts that on responsibility of the players. Um, I spoke, My thought after reading the article was, well, surely if that's not working, as for the manager to sort it out if they're not doing what uh, 
what they should be doing but um... yeah i did see that i think you know it's something we talked about isn't it whether it's pookie is the main man or sergeant's the main man and and you you use the link up it feels that that despite being probably one of our greatest gold scorers um and and someone we will be talking about in our uh, countdown in a few episodes time that maybe the time for pookie at carrow road is coming to an end it feels a bit like that that he's not really um the 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 main focus of 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 the team at the moment or that the, the, as you say there isn't or as chris sutton says there isn't that relationship between the midfield and pookie at the moment um and maybe they do need to try something different so yeah it's interesting yeah and i think the fact that he's out of contract in the, i mean i i would say there's no chance of him signing a new contract and um yeah, I th- I think he'll be on his way. Yeah, it, it does feel that, and and maybe it yeah. is time to to try the and do something different. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. when when Grant Holt moved on, it was it was the same. You you have to you have to call an end to a certain uh, period at some point. Um, yeah. Anyway, this is the new Old Norwich, the podcast that's more steady on than Splendid Rush, and uh, as we promised and failed to deliver last episode, we will be in this episode talking about the wingers as we count down our greatest ever team yes we've done the goalkeepers we've done the fullbacks we've done the uh, central defense we've done the midfielders central midfielders so now we're talking wingers and as we said last week we've added Houlihan and Buendia to the mix as well but who, who are we going to start with in our in our short list of Gordon Fox Hux Redmond Barham and Donoa well I was going to do them in in order but just to put it into context first um, John at the at the moment with the two goalkeepers the six defenders and the four central midfielders that we've got in our squad already, that adds up to 12 players. Okay. So we've got eight spaces left. Now, I've just jotted down here, probably we'll be looking at three to four strikers, depending whether we play one or two up front. Yeah. So we're looking really for four or five wide players yeah. attacking midfielders now in, in this sort of section to yeah. um, okay. to finish it off. So we're really looking for four or five. Yeah. Um, we start off, I go back to um, Mark Barham, who actually broke through, and I didn't, I'd forgotten this, towards the end of John Bond's top flight reign. Right. Um, and then in the season of transition from Bond to Ken Brown, uh, in which we so nearly avoided relegation for the top flight. He played He played a big part with 38 games and um, three sub-appearances. Just summarising his career with us, uh, he had four years in the top flight, two of those were relegations, two promotions from the second tier, and a Milk Cup winner. Yeah. 213 appearances and 25 goals. He did have, after that... Um, promotion season where he played a big part um he did have injury problems over the the next two or three seasons before he had another really good season i think in the in the year that we um came after we'd um, been relegated after the milk cup final after we um, were in the the second tier again so right. as i said two promotions from the second tier four four in the top flight with two relegations and of course a milk cup winner and it's funny we we talk about like Kenny McLean getting relegated and promoted, kept relegated, yes. and promoted. You you kind of forget that it, it did happen in in the early eighties as well from a from a Norwich point of view. Maybe not quite as as clear as it was, but it was every time we got relegated, we then got promoted. We did. That's right. Yeah, especially in that sort of Ken Brown era. Yeah, we? yeah, yeah. So I think 
if we just leave that then and just move on the others and then we can start the comparisons and and, and if yeah. we can just discuss it in any more detail now louis donower was an fa cup a youth cup winner with us okay and he broke through um in the top flight uh, season with 13 appearances and two subs and two goals but um his big season was the um 84 85 season which was the milk cup uh, yep. season with 42 appearances and two substitute appearances and 11 goals and of course he was part of the milk cup winning team mm. but after that following relegation at the after that milk cup directly after that milk cup win he only had two more substitute appearances before uh, with us before leaving for spain right so really it was a youth cup winner he broke through but and, and and but he had just that one really big season the 84 5 when we actually were playing in them with two wingers yes. we had donoa and barham yes yeah so he's part of that side but he was only really there you know that that was his big year when he scored 11 goals as well yeah well as I, well that's why i remember him growing up being nine at the time yes he, he yes. was in, in and that was a big season as well wasn't yeah, it wasn't yeah, it? yeah. absolutely yeah. we were you know playing well and, and winning a a trophy but amazing yes. that he he then he, he moved on that that quickly he, he didn't he then go to ipswich he, there was an ipswich connection i can't quite remember whether, whether that was before or after i can't remember to be honest john i didn't uh i i didn't look that up but yes yes it is uh i, I think basically after that relegation in 84 85 we we stopped playing with two wingers, so we tightened up effectively. I think we did, yeah, and 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 that was when I think we brought Mike Phelan in and that sort of thing. So we did change the structure. So. And we also had another of our shortlisted players coming through. We did, because actually Dale Gordon, he broke through in 1984-85, mm. playing with Donoa when Barham was injured. That's right. Particularly at the beginning of that season. He was age 17 at that time. That's wow. when he broke through. And he actually played in the first three rounds of the Milk Cup before Barham returned. Right. Um, total of 25 appearances, two subs and three goals. As a 17-year-old? As a 17-year-old. <laughs> but then the following season, as I said, we, we were only playing with one winger. And we had um, Barham was back in. Um, he didn't really... Um, feature a great deal um and also the um the first year back in the top flight he was still playing second fiddle to barham really then right okay so his first big season really was 86 87 yeah um so towards when, the end, end of ken brown and when he really started being more prominent when dave stringer was in charge yes yes so he and then he had six seasons in the top flight right um 86 87 fifth with 40 appearances and six goals um 88 9 of course a semi-final year as well for uh, when we finished fourth 41 appearances and six goals yeah i think he was a player of season as well won the barry butler award yes yeah. yes and and he had that style didn't he i mean they called he did. they called him disco dale yeah, um, yeah on on the terraces but the way that he 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 would um overstep the ball i mean he was pre ronaldo for doing that he would jink um and 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 just slide past people i remember that so many times yeah i know he, he would he, just get past and then when he would score he would be he, he, he would always 
pretty much know he was going to... He's like Pookie when he's clean through. You always yes. knew he would score. Just, you could rely on him scoring. He'd just yeah. put the ball past the goalkeeper, just slide it past the goalkeeper. Yeah. Um, remember yeah. that that so well. And a, a great goal against West Ham. I think we've mentioned it before in the episode. That's right. That's, that's the one that always sticks in the memory. But as I said, he was, you know... Really, six seasons in the top flight, he was with us. He he, he left in November 1991 to go to um, Glasgow Rangers for 1.2 million. And that was, of course, before the semi-final in 91-92. But, um, yeah, I mean, to me, he was a, he was a top player. And, of course, that's recognised. I mean, I mean, at that time in 1991, 1.2 million wasn't a decent, was a decent amount to get for him, wasn't it? He went on and played for Rangers. He played for West Ham as well, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, he came back down to to West Ham. So, So, um, um, was he in, so he wasn't in the youth team that won in, in 83. He wasn't, he wasn't, he was too young. He was too young for that. He was too young then because as I say, 84, 85, just you say about Disco Dale though, um, towards the end of that 86-7 season, he, he was capped for the England under-21s. Right. But he hampered his further chances when, with uh, Robert Rosario, they broke curfew, curfew and went to a nightclub. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> and that's, that's, what I th- that was, that's why we liked him in a way, though, wasn't it? Because he was, he was a character as well. Yeah. He was. Which made him stand out. Yeah. And, uh, and and look, also being one of the we mentioned Louis Donovan, but being one of the first black players that I remember watching, and it and and never thinking anything about it. That yeah, because, yeah, quite. I mean, obviously, we had you, you. You that was too young for you. But you, you know, we had Justin Fashion. You, yeah, and and he was he was absolutely superb. And you, yeah. And I, I mean, I loved him to bits. I think my, I think my older sister, so your your daughter Adele, loved him <laughs> for a different reason, maybe um, than than I did, and particularly also Robert Rosario's legs. But you know, he was up there, and for me, I can tell you that he's in my top four. If we're looking for four, he's one of them. Oh uh, yeah, absolutely, yeah, yeah, quite, yeah. Now he is me as well, yeah. So then we move on because. Um, um, Real Fox then came through, so we had this really, this really run of um, good wingers coming through: Barham, Donovan, Gordon, and then Real Fox. He yep. broke through in eighty-seven, eighty-eight. So you're in the Dave String era, era again with thirty-three appearances. Um, but then he, with with Dale Gordon's performances, of course, he really um, was sort of in and out of the side uh, on the subs bench um, and didn't really become. Um, much of a fixture until 1990-91 so you're coming towards the end of the Dave Stringer era when he um, he played um, 28 games and but 91-92 which was the season that we got to the semi-final of the FA Cup he played with 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 sub appearance he had 38 games and then, of course, he really came in after Dale left in '91. He came into the side in '92, '93. He was very much part of our third place finish in the Premier League. Of course, and '93, uh, four in Europe. Of course, yeah. I mean, he was a mainstay of that team. Yes. Um, and again, I kind of, I kind of quite like the fact that he was there for a few seasons, and we all knew who he was. Yeah. And he and he, all, see all his all his career with us, John, was in the top flight. Yeah. So even when he was playing second fiddle to, to Dale Gordon, and, and rightly so at that point, we knew who Rule Fox was. We saw him playing in the reserves and he played some substitute appearances. But he, I think today, he, he would leave. 
he would be moved on. He would go yes. and yes. and 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 we'd lose them. And and, and we, we've had too many players like that, I think, because we have such a high turnover of players these days. But what we saw with Fox, it was the same with Goss, and we talked about this in in a previous episode. You know, he was there at the club for a long time, and yeah, and and the same with Crook, where you know they they learn they became part of the club, and then actually they became better players for being part and- of the club. Don't you think, though, John, that that's the bit, I mean, because this was the very early days of the Premier League, yeah, know, the first couple of seasons, really. Yeah, the gap now, like in wages, has become so huge, yeah, that after that, like Madison, you have one good season and you get picked up and you get picked up and and and, and you get a hell of a contract, yeah, yeah, for four or five, you know, perhaps a three or four year contract at the, at the sort of money that they're offering, yeah. You or, can't really afford to turn it down. Can or you? you don't have such a big, you don't have such a good season, but you can drop down at maybe a division and still get yeah. and still get a good money, but yeah. be playing week in week out. And I think yes. that you know again, Fox and Goss weren't playing week in week out, and now they they would have moved on. I think. And of course, the other thing is now, if you're not, you're not playing. No, because you're not playing reserves. No, you're not playing any football, and you know, and you know my views on that. You can't, you know, a player. 1920 you can't go for a season or two without playing games no the game leaves you behind yeah absolutely so you know it's just different times but it was it 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 did mean we owe we, we seem to own the players or you were more attached to them more weren't you because as you say they grew up with us they broke through yeah yeah and so right so uh premier league highest ever finish Obviously, uh, run in Europe, played his whole Norwich City career in the top flight. Top flight. I yeah. think Rule Fox is in the list as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but interesting, who we, who we would pick between Gordon and Fox? I don't know. We'd have to. We'll come to that. Uh, <laughs> we'll come to that later. At, at the end. So we're we're four down. We're four down. So we've got four to go. Um, we've got yes. Red, we're now onto Darren Huckabee. Yeah, Redmond Hux, Hulahan and Buendia. Just very quickly, yeah. we said no Darren Eady. Because Darren Eady then came in at that point, didn't he? Yeah, I did. I did. I did look at a bit more about Darren Eady, but I think that's a good. He 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 didn't break through until the ninety three ninety four UEFA Cup year. Yeah. Right. And then of course he was in the ninety four ninety five relegation side. Yes. And the balance of his time in the second tier. Yeah. Fine. He was a big. He was a a big player at that time. But we were then playing at a lower level. That's a... Yeah. And I just wonder whether our that was the last one of our um, carousel of of wingers because wingers. we we had Donoa, we had Gordon, we had Fox, and then Edie. And we had Edie. Yeah. And then and that took us of... right through really to the um, to to. To, to the mid 1990s and then of course we were we were back in the second tier yeah and it, and it came came to an end at that point yeah so then we move on to Darren Huckabee now see I think Darren Huckabee could be one of a strike he could be in the strikers list as well he could be yeah so, so, and, I, so when we, or, when you, or at least that attacking midfielder role yeah so when you're thinking about you said oh we need four or five yeah I think he, you he could, could say, double up because he's yeah he scored more he scored goals didn't he he did oh did he score goals <laughs> you see he i mean we, we know the story of darren you know all our listeners might not but i mean he came to us in um the uh, sort of uh, fairly early on on loan in the 2003-04 season yeah um and he we then we then he then went back he came from manchester city so he was a premier league player when he came here he came on loan he made such an impact he then went back, but after a few weeks, we did manage to get him on a permanent signing. In that season then, 
Okay, um, that was in the second tier. 36 appearances, 14 goals. Mm. Top scorer. Yeah, and he made such a difference. He Well, we, I don't think... It was a bit like Buendia in these last couple of promotions. Without Huckabee, I don't think we would have got promoted. Because we had Crouch with him as well, because we had those two yeah. on loan at the same but time. He, yeah, that's but right. Crouch, but he, Crouch didn't come back, did he? No. Oh, boy, if we'd have got Crouch at that time, we'd have, not only would we got promoted, we'd have stayed in the Premier League. Yeah, because he went, then, he went to Southampton, didn't he? Yeah. When we got now, the other thing, John, is then, of course, in, in the Premier League, the following season, where, again, Huckabee was our main player. Yeah. And I looked this up. Um, that season, if we'd have converted one of our draws to um, a win, yeah. we'd have stayed up. Yeah. And do you remember, John, you, you interviewed me on, uh, on LBC after the game at Crystal Palace? Yes. 3-1 up. I think Huckabee had scored in that game, 3-1 up. Um, and um, Andy Johnson, about, I think, the 84th minute, dived and got a penalty to get a 3-3 draw. Right, OK. If yeah. we'd have won that game, we'd have stayed in we, the Premier League. Yeah. We'd have kept Dean Ashton and uh, our whole history would have been different. <laughs> yeah, we weren't good enough, though, ultimately. You don't, we, you, we, we weren't. We, we weren't I, I think what I'm saying is, though, that Huckabee was such a good player... That he yes. he was fundamental to our promotion and even um, you know having a chance of staying in that league really the top league yeah because he he wasn't the issue our, our issue going forward we didn't have an issue going forward we just couldn't stop letting goals in at the back and you go back to that whole Nigel Worthington decision to change the whole defence that had got promoted yeah virtually. I think I think what I'm I think what I'm saying probably John is and I know it's different times but you can almost compare Buendia with Huckabee. Mm. We wouldn't have got promoted went but but Huckabee also almost kept us in the Premier League because he could score goals as well. Because he could score goals as well. Yeah. And, and 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 we never did that uh, you know and, and and some of it has obviously got to do with the other players around you and I realize that but I suppose you know you, you can certainly put them at the same level or if not Darren Huckabee because he as I said he was a premier he was an established premier league player yeah no he was i mean he'd been at coventry man city as you say leeds yeah incredible really so so i would say I know we've got Nathan Redman of the wide players to come, but at the moment I would say you're really looking at Gordon Fox and Huckabee as the top three. Of the yeah, yeah, I would agree with that. Do you agree? Yeah. Right, Nathan Redman, three seasons, joined us under Chris Hooten, relegated. We, we, we won't hold that against him. <laughs> you, it won't, it won't surprise you that in 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 um, Chris Hooten's second season, um, Redman didn't play all the time. <laughs> Yeah, about right. <laughs> 26 appearances, 26 main appearances, 13 subs, one goal. 14-15, of course, was his his big season when we got um, promoted in the playoffs and the, the playoff final goal and yeah. the win and the semi-final as well. I mean, that was his highlight. And that was Alex Neal. Let's make sure we, we that, That's right, that. yeah. And then, of course, 15-16 with Alex Neal. Um, 15 Premier League. He played 25 games plus 12 substitute appearances and six goals in the Premier League and obviously moved on then to Southampton. Um, so, yeah, it's time. Good winger. Great, great contribution in that playoff. But I personally don't think he that matches the top three. No, I think that's probably fair. I think he was he was one of these people that 
would split opinion as well that some people didn't think he worked hard enough um yeah. off the ball in in particular but he was a really good player going forward and you think he we picked him up from Birmingham I think didn't we because um Hutton had worked with him yeah at, that's right at yeah, Birmingham through at Birmingham hadn't he? and you look at what Birmingham have brought through with with Jude Bellingham in the uh, in the in the last few years yeah and, quite and of course they had that that other winger that followed who went to um who's now at Everton isn't he Damari Gray Damari Gray he followed I think he followed that when Nathan Redmond came here he, he broke through in the Birmingham team yes Gotcha. And he went to Leicester. Yeah. And now he's at Everton. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I think, <laughs> you know, they have had some, you know, some, some of some good players, you know, like what we, we were talking about, but I think Nathan, yeah, Redmond, but I think Nathan Redmond, you're right. I don't think from a Norwich point of view, he's quite there. No, certainly, certainly deserved to be in, you know, a review as we've done when yeah. you compare all the wingers that we've got. But, yeah. Because he, uh, but when you're looking at the, the, you know, the, the top of most of the pop of most. <laughs> Indeed. So we've got Gordon Fox and Hux, Houlihan yes. and Buendia. Yeah. Now, I mean, Wes Houlihan, um, I mean, quick quick summary. I mean, um, he played four seasons for us in the Premier League over 10 seasons, two wow. relegations, two championship promotions, um, one League One promotion, player of the season in 16-17, the point I would make is he was part of three type teams under three managers. Yes. With Grant Holt under Lambert, with Hooten again, to be fair, in the Premier League, although again, he, he didn't feature greatly in that second season under Hooten a great deal. He only played 14 games. Yeah. And then under Alex Neal into the playoffs. Yeah. So, you know, over 10 seasons. Um, I think I think as well... What, it, what this has demonstrated to me in, in, look, in looking at this way, all our successful teams over recent years, or going back right to the period that we've covered, you know, since um, Ken Brown and that, we either had really good creative wingers and goal scorers, yep. or we had midfielders, like Buendia, who was instrumental, like Wes was in, instrumental with, um, you know, with Holt. Yes. Those creative players that either, as I said, sat... You know, in the the, the number ten role, yeah. sat behind, or in or the played diamond, on the wings, or played on the wings. And um, and actually, if you look at our team now, the only winger we've got is an Anders, <laughs> who is inconsistent. Yeah. And our midfielders, really the creative ones, are two lads who we just brought in from South America and have got to adapt. Yeah. And I think that demonstrates why we're not as creative as we would like to be. Yeah. No, when you when you you're right. When you you look at our success and what yeah. it's been built on, and you can say, well, you know, football's changed now, and you know, you might play three in the midfield, and you don't necessarily have wingers, but you, but you, if you're not successful, then you need to go. Well, this isn't working either. So can we go back to how how it was? Um, yeah, yeah, interesting. Well, you certainly, yeah. I mean, even the, you know the the top teams now, you either have, you, you know, even if you like Phil Foden plays wide, so you know you you. Grealish and that plays well. You, you, you've got to have that creative player, whether it is in the Buendia mold or the Houlihan mold, yeah. or, or, or or as you say, a, a, yeah. Well, a, you a look at player. you look at Saka, who's you know playing yeah. for, for Arsenal in England and scoring goals. We don't have we don't have anything like that. You're right. No. Since since Buendia, we we we've got players, and we mentioned someone earlier, Sanani, uh, Hernandez. They're just never going to score goals. No. no. <laughs> and and so what is what's the point? If, yeah. if they're not going to offer something more 
than just running up and down, which is yeah, quite nice. And some of them can't do that very well. Um, <laughs> Buendia. Yeah, I mean, I haven't. I mean, I think Buendia is well now. I mean, he, he, I think the main point of Buendia is the, the, the again the fundamental part that he played in those teams. Yeah, the two promotions. We couldn't win games, as you know, you said before. We couldn't win games without him. And I remember when he got sent off against Queens Park Rangers. Yeah, that um, that first eighteen nineteen season, and we were yeah. cruising to the title. And yeah, he, and he got sent off in a game where we were cruising because he was out, yeah. he was outstanding. He then got sent off. He was then missing for three games, and we didn't win any of them. And we we, no. we were then going, all of a sudden. Are we, we are we actually yeah? Are we actually yeah. going to be champions at this point? Yeah, he was he was that good. He was, he was. But is he better? So, than, is he better than Houlihan in terms of Norwich City? It, it it's difficult, isn't it? Because um, the, the the with with Buendia, and again, it goes back to the players surrounding him. But uh, those two years in the Premier League, we we did nothing. Yeah, and he <laughs> and to be fair, he didn't do anything either. No, because he got his move to Villa after promotion after our promotion year again, didn't he? Yes, because he he went to Villa when we had been promoted to the Premier League. So That's right. Yes. Yeah. So in fact, yeah. He so was in our in our second year, we weren't there. No, because <laughs> we were no. again. We were a worse team than we'd been in, That's the, right. Champions, That's in the Champions. So it shows his importance. Yeah. But in that first year, and and that was his first year. But I suppose you know you look at Houlihan, and we we talked about that before the, when we got promoted under Lambert. He scored that goal. He was that year that we did very well under Lambert. He was quite a bit important player in that oh yeah I mean uh, even from in League One where it was him um, Chris Martin and Grant Holt yes they absolutely tore him apart yeah we we absolutely blast away now I know that's League One but you still got to get has Ipswich no you still got to get out of that league and 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 Paul Lambert did that so so I think I think what we're saying is when when you're making that judgment we've probably got a little bit more evidence that favours Houlihan yep okay so I think the four are Gordon, Fox, Hux and Houlihan. Yeah. And I think Hux and Houlihan can play tens. Um, obviously, Gordon and Fox, both right-footed. We don't, yeah. re- we don't really have a left winger, but that would be Hux. Um, certainly played on the left. and, could cut Wes, and play, Did Wes play on the left? And Wes can play on the left. He wasn't amazing yeah. in the left, was he? Right. I mean, no. I, I remember no. him. I remember under under Brian Gunn, he played there quite a bit from memory. But um, yeah, um, in the hole, slightly to the left of three. But yeah, so we've got. I think we've got a good balance there. Ultimately, yeah. I think we have a a, a a good balance of the of the four. So it leaves and, and us again, with four strikers to find. It does. Yeah, because is that? Let me go back to my first. Uh, <laughs> Well, that's what you—that was the calculation you started the podcast with. If you've listened to the whole podcast now, it might all been totally wrong. <laughs> no, no. Two we, go- we had we were, two goalkeepers. Yeah, we were looking for four to five wide players. We've now picked four. Yeah. So that takes it to sixteen, yeah. which means we can have four strikers in um in our twenty match day squad. Yes, okay. but it could be that we leave Wendier as the. The, the, the next one in line in case as you say we use Huckabee as a striker and have three strikers well let's put let's as as we would say in uh, different games let's move Huckabee let's carry Huckabee it's in maths isn't it you carry yeah. the one let's ca- yeah. let's carry Huckabee into the strikers yeah. uh, and compare Hucks with the other strikers that we're going to shortlist 
Yeah. I mean, I can mention three already that I know are in the top four. So Right, okay. I really given much thought to that at the moment yeah but just probably right there will there will there will be an abundance probably i mean and not even my favorite keith birchkin might not even get in there so (laughs) i think i think let's carry hucks over but i'm pretty sure he's not going to be one of our greatest strikers no 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 quite so in other words i think he has to be in the midfielders i think so yeah i think so so i think we're now looking at uh, we, we look for four strikers yeah okay because so in a twenty squad, you'd probably you know that that's the area where you 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 if you, if you if you needed them, you need to bring another striker on, wouldn't you? So, agreed, agreed, yeah. agreed. Uh, amazingly, I said to Dad, "Well, we'll just do a quick twenty-minute podcast. We're thirty-five minutes in, so we better oh, no. <laughs> we better bring this uh, episode to an end." Uh, we hope, of course, uh, you're enjoying the World Cup. In the next episode, we're going to do something slightly different. So we'll round up some of the other city headlines that happen over the next few weeks. But in the next episode, we are going to look at a Norwich City England eleven. Um, we're going to have to stretch the uh, the boundaries of the rules to it slightly, but we'll be talking about a Norwich City England eleven. Hopefully, England will still be in the World Cup. They certainly have started off brilliantly. So, um, thank you, Dad, for that. So the wingers is done, and in in a, when when we're back playing football in December, we'll we'll start looking at strikers. But in the, in the meantime, I'll concentrate on uh, uh, England connections. <laughs> if you could, <laughs> that would be good. Yeah. This is the new Old Norwich, the podcast that's more steady on than Splendid Rush. Sports Social Podcast Network. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.